1984, pastors Jean and Sue started Faith Christian Center in a hotel ballroom. But for the past 36 years, they have taught people how to practically apply the Bible to their everyday lives. Over the years, God has blessed us and the church has grown. Faith Christian Center is now located on a beautiful 73-acre campus in the heart of the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex. We believe the best is yet to come. Today's message will encourage you, inspire you, and teach you how to experience God's best in every area of your life. So let's pick back up where we were last Wednesday. We were talking about some amazing and prophetic facts about believers that Jesus spoke. Matthew 19, 26, Jesus looked at them and said, With man, this is impossible, but with God, all things are possible. A lady came to us Sunday and rehearsed to us something she knew we were believing God with her for, but wanted to reiterate it and be in agreement on a continuing basis. And, you know, is it too much to believe for? And I, I laughed. I said, well, it's, it's impossible. So it sounds like God to me. Right. Amen. Amen. In other words, if we're going to pray and believe God, of course, whatever we're praying and believing God's about is impossible. Because if it were possible, we would take care of it ourselves. Right? right? But Jesus said, with man, this is impossible, but with God, all things are possible. Say it out loud. With God, God, all things things are possible. possible. In Matthew 17, 20, he replied, because you have so little faith, I tell you the truth, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move. Nothing will be impossible for you. And if you haven't gotten it yet, you ought to get Oral Roberts' book, The Miracle of Seed Faith. And he talks about seed faith. If you have faith as a seed, I'm in uh, Numbers reading through the Bible the second time this year, and I told Sue, I said, you know, I said, I'm a smart guy, but I said, there's so many rules and regulations that as smart as I am, I don't know that I could have really kept track of all of it. And I said, and we come over here to the New Testament, and really how many rules and regulations are there? You don't eat meat with blood in it. You don't eat meat sacrificed to idols. Uh, you don't commit sexual immorality. I mean, there's like a handful of regulations in the writings of the Apostle Paul, and yet all people can do is complain. So God went from like 1,000 rules to a handful. But because human nature is human nature, people are doing today what they did back crossing the desert with Moses. So, and because I just read yesterday, again, the story of Korah, Dathan, and Abiram, you know, it's fresh on my mind again. That's the beauty of the annual Bible reading. It's fresh on my mind again. You know, don't complain because God will kill you for it. Amen. And uh, so we need to get the complaint out of our mouth. That's the wrong seed to sow. And... Don't gripe and grumble and fuss about seed faith. It's amazing to me. You know, back up at I-30, I did a message, and it just really somehow caught traction. But in that message, I said, it's amazing to me. People think they go to heaven cheaper than they go to Six Flags. (laughs) I mean, think about it. What's it cost to park? Of course, you know, I don't even know if anybody's going anymore. But, I mean, there's no telling what it would cost to go, to park, 
and to pay all that money for a hot dog and everything. I mean, it's an unbelievable amount of money, right? And then poor people are complaining about Disney World. I just read this because they have special this to avoid the lines. And if you get enough people paying money to avoid the lines, well, guess what? There's a, a brand new non-line line. <laughs> you know, I'd really be hacked to pay, you know, whatever extra for the non-line and then find out that there a thousand other people paid for the non-line. So people, people submit to this. I mean, we mentioned phones earlier. Oh, my gosh. Remember how cheap they were when they came out? That's what they call bait and switch because they knew the $1,000 phone was just around the corner. And we submit to it. But when it comes to God, I want to hear that seed faith stuff. Mark eleven twenty four. Therefore I say unto you, what things shall you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them, and you shall have them. And that's really the bulk of my prayer time now. It's believing I receive. Mark nine twenty three. If if you can, said Jesus, everything is possible for him who believes. Say it out loud. Everything is possible, everything is possible. for him who believes. For him who believes. So the word believes means a believing one. A believing one means a believer, a new creation in Christ. We're not going to review it, but. Last Wednesday night, we were talking about how the bulk of Christianity out here does not see themselves as new creations in Christ. They, see them, they don't see themselves as the sons and the daughters of God. They see themselves as adoptees. And when they, when they talk about the born-again experience, they talk about how we've been adopted into the family of God. But the same word there could be translated. We dealt with this last Wednesday, fatherhood, family. The new creation man is a partaker of God's nature. The new creation man is really an incarnation. He has received the nature and life of God. Then he invites the spirit who raised Jesus from the dead, who came on the day of Pentecost. He invites that spirit into his life to make his home in his physical mortal body. Romans, Paul said, that same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead will quicken your mortal body. This man not only has God's nature, but actually has God living in him. There's a great mistake going on. You know, I made up my mind not to deal with this, but here I am. Because the Lord brings me things when I'm speaking. He brings me things before I speak, and I make up my mind I'm not going to deal with that. And then... <laughs> You know, while I'm speaking, he brings it back, and I think, well, you know, I got to do what I'm told. But people make a great mistake honoring the wrong thing. When we were Austin's age, we could go to Tulsa, and there were several anointed men you could hear in one week. We could hear Kenneth Hagan, we could hear Oral Roberts, we could hear John Osteen, we could hear Fred Price all in the same week. But if you have not figured it out, most of the anointing has left the earth. You know how when you're out walking, sometimes a dog will come along and tag along with you and smell your backside? <laughs> 
well, that's the way people do famous people now. It's just ridiculous. Because they honor the wrong thing. What's rare. You know, I could have brought a gold ounce coin from home. Well, forget about that. How about those three? Right. Matched, <laughs> flawless. Uh, so something rare. But see, celebrities are everywhere. Basketball players are everywhere. Uh, hockey players are everywhere. NFL players are everywhere. Major League Baseball players are everywhere. But a Lester Summerall is nowhere. And an Oral Roberts. And a Kenneth Hagan. You see, what's really rare? And then another mistake people make is they make the mistake because something is big, it's right. But I remember my daddy, Dr. Frederick Casey Price, saying, challenging us, Name one thing that's huge, that's healthy. Mm. Mm. And so we get in our heads. I mean, Amazon's huge, but do you really like them? <laughs> I mean, you know, I read a guy, one of the congressmen was voting against, you know, the budget bill, and he said, we're supposed to believe that, that we're going to fix this by making, giving these people more money? In other words, bigger, 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 bigger. There's an acquaintance of ours, and he had some anointing. He had some power with God. And, but he came to a conclusion that there was a, a guy that had passed him in the ministry. And in one of our, some of our travels, going to see my mom in assisted living, we went to this other church and, and we sat there. I mean, we, we, we drove onto the property, which was leased. We sat in the building, which was leased. I was curious about the lighting he had in his room. So Aaron called to check on what kind of lighting that was and ask other questions, found out the TV equipment was leased. In other words... If everything's leased, how did the guy pass you? Right. That's right. Right. But then this acquaintance of ours made a whole series of decisions based on this concept that he got passed. And then his son started following ministries that have apostatized the gospel for the sake of success and numbers and money. And now in the town where that acquaintance of ours, he's retired, his son is there. So the whole thing was built on, you know, all this new thing. You know, don't offend anybody. Don't receive offerings. Don't talk about sin. All of, all of the new cool thing. Well, the problem is a better showman than him has shown up in that town. And it's... Forget about passing them, passed them like by 10 times. I'm so old. Say, how old are you, Pastor? How old are you, Pastor? I remember when Bob Tilton passed John Osteen. 
But what difference does that make now? Right. Because Bob Tilton is hiding on a yacht in Fort Lauderdale, you know, while the Osteens are sitting atop the biggest full gospel church in America. So just because somebody pulls ahead of you doesn't mean anything. Just because somebody seemingly has got something, that doesn't mean anything. Just because somebody shows up in a Mercedes, you don't know they could have stole it. In other words, we need to stop being like the world and stop being impressed by the wrong thing. I mean, if some famous person walked in the door, I wouldn't say, hey, you move, and then give them a seat. That's ridiculous. I don't know those people. Amen. Amen. But it's amazing what they, what they do. They're, they're chasing, honoring. That's the word. They're honoring the wrong thing. It's really amazing to me. I'm convinced that if Jesus came back, which he will not do, and visited planet Earth in the flesh, which he will not do, that people would ignore him to go hang out with some famous people. I'm convinced of it. And you understand that he, he did leave himself here, and this is himself. John 1.1, 1, 1, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. So he did leave himself. It's right here. Oh, but you know, the problem with this is it requires action. You know, I can, I can worship a celebrity and I don't have to do anything. In fact, I can eat while I'm doing it. But, you know, to, to, be a, to, to, to make this the Lord of my life requires action. And that's the problem. But that's also the power. Because this, this is him. This is the Lord. This is Jesus. This is the word. And that's what he gave us. That's what he left us. And we're to honor. Do you see what they've done? They have built churches on the basis of honoring rappers and movie stars and athletes and dishonoring the word of God. So how long will that last? Talk to me. And even if it lasts a while, is it going to make it through the judgment seat of Christ? Or is it going to be haywood and stubble? Do you see the danger of it? And so if there's anybody here tonight, you want to pull ahead in life or you want a happy home or you want children that don't embarrass you or you want to live forever, Well, it would, it would serve you well to honor the right thing. People, people honor the wrong thing. Amazes me. It really does. And then they equate money and success with being right. These are two completely different things. I mean, that, that Weinstein, that movie producer, he was successful, but he was like a criminal, right? You know, he was a sexual scumbag. 
So just because somebody has money, just because somebody's successful, just because somebody built a company, that doesn't mean they're right. It just means they, they built a company. It just means they have money. I, we learned in the last neighborhood we lived in that just because people have money doesn't even mean they have brains. Right. <laughs> you know, we lived in a whole neighborhood of people that had money, and I hardly saw any brains at all. So, Jesus talked about the kingdom, the pearl of great price. What is the pearl of great price? A Kardashian? What is the pearl of great price? It's the anointing in the earth. So let's go one step further. This man with God's nature and God dwelling in him is given a legal right to use the name of Jesus with the power of attorney. So the question is, what is that name worth? What authority is behind it? Look at Matthew 28, 18 to 20. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations. He doesn't say win the lost. He says make disciples. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey, teaching them to obey. How many, how many churches are doing this? How many? Let me ask you this. Is there a single cool church in America doing this? Teaching them everything teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you, and surely I'm with you always to the very end of the age. And notice he says, therefore go and make disciples. One of the most important things that happens in this building on a seven-day basis is the champion builder groups that meet on Friday morning and Saturday morning. And the reason is that is part of the process of making disciples. As one man sharpens, as iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. And it was really, really cute. And please, because I see some of those people here tonight, please don't be offended at me. I'm not making fun of you, but it is cute. Because, you know, years ago, there were some gals, and they said, well, how come that's just for men? We want to have a, a group. And, you know, I said, well, go ahead. Because I knew. Five o'clock? <laughs> it lasted a few weeks. So if you're here tonight, please don't, please don't cast me aside. But I'm just saying, and, and, and the key of this church is if you came in here on a Sunday morning, which we do not do, and you counted everybody, and then you counted either the men or the women, and you did the ratio, you will not find, now listen to me, you will not find a stronger church in the United States of America you will not find a church in the United States of America with this percentage of men present Amen. on a Sunday morning. Amen. Amen. And what I discovered is that if I have a church full of men, I don't have to worry about women. See, and most of these guys, you know, you're doing it backwards. You think if you've got women, you're going to have the men. You can find all kinds of women at any bar at any time. But you can hardly go anywhere and find a bunch of men. So I discovered the secret that if you have men, you don't have to worry about the women. 
And the key to men is to not just win them, but to disciple them. And get them connected to other men. Because the devil's lying to all of us 24-7, and he's telling all of us, you're alone, nobody cares, nobody understands, and that's part of the power of those champion builder groups because men realize, I'm not alone, uh, I'm not the only one that's ever gone through this, and somebody does care. Can you see that? But in the process of that, we're teaching them to obey because that's what Jesus said. This means we have the power of attorney to use the name of Jesus and all authority in heaven and on earth is invested in that name. So let's go back over this. The believer is a new creation in Christ. We're not adoptees. We're not orphans. We are new creations in Christ. The old, the old uh, things of weakness and failure have passed away and behold, all things have become new. The old man has become a new man, and all these things are of God. 2 Corinthians 5, 17, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old is gone, the new has come. This man is a partaker of the divine nature. 1 John 5, 12, He who has the Son has life. He who does not have the Son, does not, Son of God, does not have life. Or as the King James says, He that hath the Son hath life. This new creation has the Son, and he has the life of God in him. So I have the life of God in me. I've got the knowledge of God in me. I've got the wisdom of God in me. Now, I have to develop that. I think that was the Holy Week Revival 2000. It was either 18 or 19. We talked about training the human spirit, 2019, I believe. Additionally, after being baptized in the Holy Spirit, then we have another part of God in us, the Holy Spirit of God, 1 John 4, 4, you dear children are from God and have overcome them because the one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. And we've seen it play out over and over and over. The first mayor of Arlington, when, when we pioneered the church, he liked me, uh, Mayor Green, he invited me to City Hall, uh, you know, fed me lunch. It was very nice, but then he was soon gone. But after he was gone, I mean, there's not one thing we've done that we didn't have to work at. And we never fought with them. We just believed all along the way that we had the greater one inside of us. And God would give us the wisdom and God would show us how and God would show us what to do. And we prevailed through all of it, all the adversity, we prevailed because we have the greater one. Say it out loud, I got the greater one living in me. So this believer, this believing one is a new creation. He is a child of deity. He stands before the world as a very branch of the vine. They knew who they were. Why did they have those miracles in the book of Acts? They knew who they were. They knew who they were. They knew who they were. I mean, Philip, Stephen, Barnabas, Paul, Peter, none of them sucked up to Pilate. What's wrong with these preachers? None of, them, none of them sucked up to Herod. They knew who they were. I just read it last week, Genesis 50, twice. Pharaoh didn't bless Jacob. Jacob blessed Pharaoh. Pharaoh didn't prophesy in Genesis 50, Jacob prophesied in Genesis 50. 
And let me tell you what, it's humbling and it's embarrassing. Without the New Testament, without the Old Testament, without Jesus, without the Holy Spirit, the man, and he was a rascal. Jacob was a rascal, but he had power with God. He prayed over Joseph's two sons, and he pulled his feet up in bed and laid back, and he was gone. That's power with God. But now wait a minute. He didn't have the New Testament. He didn't have the Old Testament. He didn't have Jesus. He didn't have the Holy Spirit. Do you see how we are walking? We're not just walking below our privileges. We're walking light years below our privileges. And Satan has basically talked the body of Christ into being beggars. The church, okay, so this new creation stands before the world as a very branch of the vine. He is taking Jesus' place in the world. That's, that's, what, that's what we are called to be and to do, to take the place of Jesus in the earth. And if this isn't a superman, then I don't know the meaning of the term. I mean, superheroes, you know, wonder woman, is that even a thing now? Is it wonder gender person? Um, you know, uh, superman, is that a thing now? Is that, that's probably sexist, uh, whatever. Uh, you know, X-Men, all this stuff. See, the re you and I are the real supermen. But it's like we've been bullied, we've been goaded back, 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 and we're not walking in what, what we were meant to walk in. You need to go home and read the book of Acts. That's where we should be living. The church has kept this superman, this Samson, imprisoned by false teachings and by creeds and doctrines. They have not only held him prisoner to their philosophies and dogmas, but they've actually put out his eyes through ignorance. Much of church history is the story of the Roman Catholic Church and even Protestant denominations purposefully keeping their constituents ignorant of what the Bible actually says. The Roman Catholic Church very early translated the Bible, when I say the Bible, the Hebrew from the Old Testament and the Greek primarily, almost entirely from the New Testament into Latin. It was called the Roman Vulgate. And that was the only Bible allowed. And when Tyndall and others began translating the Hebrew and the Greek into English, the Roman Catholic Church burned them at the stake. The thing that revolutionized the world and the thing that brought the world out of the Dark Ages. Well, why were the Dark Ages the Dark Ages? Because the Roman Catholic Church hid the Bible from the people. I mean, if the Bible is only in Latin and you go to church on Sunday and the services are in Latin, how do you know anything? You know what you know? You know what it was? It was an early version of the CNN generation because all you knew, all you knew is what CNN and MSNBC told you. All you knew is what the priest told you. And so the priest told you, well, if you don't do this, you know, you know, if you don't submit and be my mistress, and if you don't do this, then you're going to be excommunicated, and you'll go to hell. They didn't have a Bible. They didn't have access to a Bible. They, they had no idea what the Bible said. All they knew is what the priest told them. 
It's like an early version of C the CNN MSNBC generation. Do you know why they're doing away with cursive in public schools? Because the Constitution is written in cursive. They don't want the next generation to be able to read cursive. Ignorance is the devil's playground. Say it out loud. Ignorance, Ignorance is the devil's playground. The devil's I mean, why do you think it is? Why do you think it is that these monster corporations, Google, which bought YouTube and uh, Twitter and all the others, during COVID, anybody that talked about an early treatment, they got banned. Any, any, any MD, I'm not talking about some preacher like me. I wouldn't deal with it because I'm not an MD. But any MD that did a YouTube video about early treatment, the, 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 the video got pulled down. See, where does Satan operate? Does Satan operate? In, what happens if you walk into a, hopefully you've never experienced this, but I have. You walk into a room, not my home, not Sue Lingerfeld's home, but, you know, like my grandmother's house. You walk into a room and you turn the light on, and what do the rats do? They run. How, where do rats operate? You know, Dr. Rat. Where, where, do, where, where do rats operate? Where do cockroaches operate? What happened? Uh, right? Where does Satan operate? And that's why they don't teach reading, writing, and arithmetic in public schools. Because you can't run people who are educated. Mm -hmm. You can only run ignorant people. Okay, but that's what, that's what the Roman Catholic Church did to the people of God creating the Dark Ages. So I got on a side journey at this point. What revolutionized the world and brought the world out of the Dark Ages. An invention. The Gutenberg Press. Because then somebody could print thousands of Bibles. And that is what lifted Europe up out of the Dark Ages. And actually that's what brought about, ushered in the Industrial Revolution, was knowledge. Knowledge. And that's why Satan wants you ignorant. Now, when I say ignorant, I didn't say stupid. I'm ignorant of all kinds of things. I mean, I don't understand microbiology. I don't understand uh, rocket propulsion. There's all kinds of things that I'm ignorant of, but that just means I never studied that. It doesn't mean I'm stupid. So when I say ignorant, I'm not calling people stupid. I'm saying they haven't studied this or they haven't studied that. And if you don't study rocket propulsion, well, maybe it won't matter to you unless you're working for one, you know, general dynamics or something. Well, then it might be a problem, but not general dynamics, but companies that do that. But my point is, if it's something having to do with your life and death, something having to do with your salvation, something having to do with your healing, you can't afford to be ignorant. If it's something having to do with your marriage, if it's something having to do with your children, you can't afford to be ignorant. Can you see that? 
But I believe in these last days, Father God is going to restore sight to this new creation and break the bonds that hold it. Uh, let us believe God that in these last days, the bonds of false teachings are going to be broken. And this child of God, this Superman, this new creation in Christ is going to come into his own. This new creation in Christ has two formidable enemies. And the worst one is sense knowledge. See, I'm so old. How old are you, Pastor? I'm so old. Science was something that should be challenged. Somebody had a theory. Somebody had an idea. You go into a laboratory and you, you, you do experiment after experiment after experiment, maybe 10 or 20 or 30 experiments to prove or disprove, and that was science. But now science is believing Fauci. In other words, he can be disproved, but that's anti-science. See, this is sense knowledge. Let me walk where angels fear to tread. Evolution is a lie. There's never been any proof at any time of any critter, anytime, anywhere, evolving. It's a theory, but it is taught as fact. But it's a theory. I have a theory too. That I can eat as much pizza as I want and not gain any weight. See, but if we were scientific, we'd measure it and we would prove it wrong scientifically. It can't be true because it violates the third law of thermodynamics. Everything in this universe is not coming together. It's going, coming apart. Every moment of every day, every star is getting further and further apart. The universe is expanding. It's not coming together. Sense knowledge. When I stood there 16 months ago, in an empty building and I did the Holy Week revival and I made those faith proclamations did I do that by sense knowledge or did I do that by revelation knowledge revelation knowledge my definition of revelation knowledge is revelation knowledge is anything I can pull from the inerrant inspired word of the living God or anything the Holy Spirit says to me that can be backed up and established by the inerrant, inspired, written Word of God. That's revelation knowledge. See, how could you get saved without revelation knowledge? You sat in a church or somewhere or listened to the radio or watched television or heard someone talk to you and the word of God got into your heart. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And you believed the gospel. Something inside was quickened in you. See, that never happens with sense knowledge. You sit in services here, maybe not every service, but from time to time, there's something on the inside that says, man, that is right. But that never happens with sense knowledge. You, you have never had a spiritual experience when somebody said two plus two equals four. 
Shandai, you know? <laughs> I mean, that, that, just not, that just doesn't happen. <laughs> it only happens with revelation knowledge. There's just a knowing. See, it's not here. It's here. And you know. So it's sense knowledge. Kenneth Hagin used to teach, and when I heard it, I thought, man, that just can't be right. He used to teach that Satan isn't our greatest enemy. Sense knowledge is our greatest enemy. And man, they can just manipulate the heck out of it. So let us believe God in these last days that there will be not one or two. Because, see, you understand the danger. If God all of a sudden came along and put some special anointing on one man in this culture, it would be completely destructive because everybody would fall down, genuflect to make a God out of them. So it has to be an army. It has to be many. Can you see it? I mean, they make gods out of felons. They made a god out of a guy last year that robbed a woman at shotgun point, put a shotgun against her pregnant belly and robbed her, and they made a god out of that guy. So how about if, if only one guy showed up and filled the stadiums and was healing the sick left and right? I'm talking about huge, monstrous miracles. They'd make a god out of them. So it can't be one. It's going to have to be a big thing across a lot of people. I'm so old. Say, how old are you, Pastor? See, back in the day, ORU competed at the national level. I mean, they were in their heyday a big thing in sports. And I am so old. I remember... They were in, a, I don't remember if it was a, a national championship, but it was a really huge game. And one of the ORU basketball players broke his ankle. The game stopped, get the doctors out there. And because of the instant swelling and discoloration, the doctor said, well, you know, we got to take you in and get you x-rayed because this is broken. And Oral Roberts just sauntered out there. And he knelt down, laid hands on that boy's ankle, and he was healed, and he kept playing ball. All right. See, that, that's a little higher than the Kardashian level. That's just a little higher than the Justin Bieber level. Do you see what I'm saying? But... God can't really do that in this environment with one person because people would make a God out of them. Yeah. So we need to pray that God, that we need to pray that, that God will open the eyes of his own people. See, you don't even have to be blind. What if somebody put you in a big room like this and all the lights were off and you didn't know where the switch was? You'd be walking around like a blind man, but you wouldn't be blind. 
And that's the way the body of Christ is. They're not impotent, but they're walking around like they're impotent because they're in a dark room and they don't know where the switch is. And the switch is the word of God and the switch is taking action on the word of God and the switch is just simply acting like the word of God is so. So this new creation in Christ has two formidable enemies and the worst one is sense knowledge. If you want to know more about sense knowledge, read E.W. Kenyon's book, Two Kinds of Knowledge. Entrenched in all of our universities, colleges, and technical schools, backed up by the press and religious periodicals, the great mass of those in the ministry today are the devotees of the achievements of the senses in the realm called science. And nobody wants to deal with reality. You know, I could get this, video, this message right here, you know, thrown off YouTube real quick by just giving you a few quick examples. Things that only a handful of years ago in the medical journals were defined as mental illness are today no longer defined as mental illness, but they're celebrated as the norm. And that's supposed to be what? Science. If it's science, it can't change. Two plus two is four. A hundred years ago, today, and a hundred years from now. You understand that? If it's really science, it can't change. It can't evolve. Do you see that? If it's changing and it's evolving, it's not science. And I just hope that God, now they're actually teaching in schools in America that two plus two is not always two, is not always four because, you know, your opinion matters just as much as this person over here's opinion. And I'm just hoping that nobody at Faith Christian Center ever gets on an airplane or a helicopter designed by one of these people. Because two plus two is four. It always has been four. It's always going to be four. Say it out loud, Smith Wigglesworth, the greatest healing evangelist of the 19th century. Say it out loud, the word of God is true, word of God is true. and everything else is a lie. Else is and if you haven't figured it out after the COVID-19 debacle of 2020, this science isn't really science. Science is just another way for Satan to propagate his lies. Then you may be permanently caught in the sense knowledge trap. I mean, they're already talking, the, the head guy, you know, uh, 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 the head guy is talking about the next pandemic. They're planning it. So heretofore, this new creation in Christ, this believing one, has been held in bondage by sense knowledge and the operatives of sense knowledge. These are the jailers of the new creation. And, uh, please... You know, don't don't judge me and abandon me if I'm correcting you. In these last days, the father is calling for his sons and daughters to come out of the foxholes of fear and doubt and meet their enemies in open combat. Say it out loud. I'm not afraid. Satan can no more conquer this body of Christ when it knows its rights. When it knows its rights, then he could conquer Jesus on the day of his resurrection. 
See, that same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is the same spirit that dwells in us. Is there anybody, does anybody actually believe, does anybody actually believe, does anybody actually believe that Jesus, if Jesus had come back to planet earth in the body physically last year or this year, which he would not do, that he would have worn rubber gloves, socially distanced, and wore a mask? You need to go home and learn the, ma- the meaning of Matthew 6.25. That's where, that's where the church of the Lord Jesus Christ failed in 2020. And we are partakers, share, sharers of his resurrection. Colossians 3.1, since then you have been raised with Christ. Say it out, lift both hands up and say, thank you, Father God. Thank I have been raised with Christ. Since then you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. You have been raised with Christ. What tense is that? Talk to me. What tense is that? Past tense. Completed action. The work is done. Jesus did the work for you. Jesus did the work on your behalf. You see, we were raised together with him in the mind of justice, in the mind of Father God. In God's view, we are there right now at the right hand of the Father, seated at the right hand of the Father in Christ Jesus. Say it out loud. Right now, now. I'm seated right now now. at the right hand of God. I'm there right now in Christ, Christ. seated in Christ Christ. at the right hand of Father God. See, and even if you feel bewildered, even if you feel overwhelmed, even if you feel, you know, bullied by TMI, too much information, you can just turn to your father. He's right there and say, Father, what should I do right here? He's your father. Abba, Father. He's your father. Jesus is your advocate. The Holy Spirit is the candle of, the, the Holy Spirit is the, 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 the spirit within us that illuminates the candle of the Lord, which is our spirit within us. I mean, my goodness, how much help do we need? What should I do? How should I handle this? I know people judge us all day long. But one thing we did early on is we, dis- we determined, we, we covenanted with each other to not lie to our children. And so we didn't make a big deal out of it, you know, that Santa Claus was a lie. But when they asked us, we had covenanted together to not lie to our children. So we told them, well, this is a story. And we've told them, now don't go to church and don't go to school. (laughs) And what do you think they did? (laughs) Did you know Santa Claus is a lie? (laughs) But see, the problem is, that's that's the whole world's agenda, is to get us to go along with their lies. And this is sense knowledge. And it's our enemy. Before World War II broke out, Smith Wigglesworth's 
ministry had basically petered out. He was retired. His wife was gone. He lived alone in his little English home. And Smith Wigglesworth wrote to him, can I come and see you? I mean, excuse me, Lester Summer wrote to him, said, can I come and see you? And he goes to this house in this village and he knocks on the door and this old, old, old white-haired gentleman answers the door and Lester Summerall said, I'm Lester Summerall and I wrote to you about coming to visit with you. And Smith Wigglesworth greeted him and he said, he said, well, come on in, young man, come on in. But he said, leave the lies outside because Lester Summerall had a newspaper in the crook of his arm because he'd been riding the train, he'd been reading the newspaper. And Smith Wigglesworth said, come on in, young man, but leave the lies outside. So Lester Summerall stuck the paper in the bush and went on inside. And I think it's taken my whole life really to come to see this, that it's all propaganda. It's not news, it's propaganda. And if it's contrary to what is in this book, see, they, the, the whole thing, the whole agenda is to get the word of God out of the churches. Why are the churches powerless? Why are they lined up to take money from the government? Why are men of God hawking experimental vaccines. I wouldn't do that because I, I love the people of God. You know, why would I, why would I, why would I put my name and, and my anointing and my ministry at risk hawking something that's not even FDA approved? Even if it were FDA approved. I mean, what business is it of mine? You know, stand up and say, you know, take aspirin. Take vitamin D. I'm not a vitamin salesman. I'm a man of God. But do you see what these, do you see what the ministers have been reduced to? They are spokesmen for the government. It's no different than what Hitler did to the preachers in Germany in the 30s. Thank you for listening to this life-changing message. To partner with us, and to help us reach more people with the good news of the gospel, visit our website at faithchristiancenter.com. Your financial support is enabling us to reach more people than ever before. If you have never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, pray this simple prayer. Lord Jesus, I repent of my sins. Come into my heart. I make you my Lord and Savior. If you prayed that simple prayer, you are born again, and today is a new beginning. We would like to send you a copy of Dr. Jean Lingerfeld's book, God's Very Own Child. To receive your free copy, call the church office at 817-561-3400 or send an email to info at faithchristiancenter.com. Remember to put God first in every area of your life because he loves you and has a wonderful plan for you. And don't forget, we walk by faith, not by sight.